Welcome back to For You and For Me, the podcast of Monsignor Kieran Harrington's Sunday homilies. This past Sunday was the 32nd Sunday in Ordinary Time. The first reading was an excerpt from an exhortation to seek wisdom from the Old Testament book of that very same name, where wisdom is described as a virtuous woman. The second reading is St. Paul's Hope for the Christian Dead from his first letter to the Thessalonians. The Gospel reading is the parable of the ten virgins from the Gospel of Matthew. Monsignor illustrates for us the importance of habitual virtue, what Professor Mad-Eye Moody of the Harry Potter series would call constant vigilance. He talks about the importance of death and the role that heaven should play in how we decide to live our lives as mortal people on earth. It's about a year ago, I was uh, running from a bunch of different tasks and uh, I had to get into the city. So as I was uh, driving over the Brooklyn Bridge, uh, a lamp went on in my car that said, I need gas. I had an appointment to go to, so I continued on to my appointment. And after my appointment, I got back in my car and I was gonna drive back here and I was coming over the Brooklyn Bridge. Everything was fine. I saw the light on. I said, there's good news. I know there's a gas station right across the Manhattan Bridge, so I can go there, I can get the gas, and I'll continue on my way. Because like you, I'm sure that idiot light has come on a few times, and every time I've avoided any catastrophe, except this time. As I was coming down the bridge, I heard, I felt the engine cut out, and the car slowly roll, roll, roll to the light. In which case I got out of the car and I had to huff it over to the gas station, buy a container, which was of course gouging about $30 for the container, in addition to how much the gas was, walk back and put it into the car. I kind of understand this gospel passage. Notice, uh, first thing is, uh, there are ten virgins. There's no question about their virginity. Right? It's not like they're saying they're ten women, they're kind, some are good, some are bad. They're all kind of good. Right? That's what they're pure. Notice uh, that that's something that should say something to us. But one group has the foresight to make sure that they have extra oil. The others just bring their lamps. Now, we know that at the end of the day, when, as soon as they go to light their lamp, if you, you see the candles on top of the oil, even if there's no oil in them, we can light them, they'll initially light, and then they'll die. This says something to us about these 10 people. Right? They're all Christians. They're all Christians, but some do not have the reservoir being prepared. The readings in this chapter of St. Matthew's Gospel are focusing us on the question of judgment. It's important for us to recognize that each of us are going to be judged. Judgment is important for us. It is, it is how our life is evaluated. And what the scriptures are reminding us today is the necessity to continually keep ourselves prepared. A lot of times there are the idiot lights that are going on in your life and in my life. They're the reminder that we need oil. But what happens? So often we kind of avert catastrophe. We kind of start to dismiss these signals that are a part of our life. 
Think about how in your life and in my life, you can kind of see yourself, you can almost see the unpending failure. The car is going to run out of gas. But you ignore all the signs of what is happening. Each of us do that. And the scriptures here today are trying to shake us out of that reality. And the thing that is also interesting is, is you say to yourself, well, why did the five wise virgins just not share their oil? This is something we would ask, right? It seems like they're selfish. The fact is, is that in the Christian life, you can't make somebody have faith. You either receive the gift or you do not. That was the challenge. The five foolish virgins couldn't receive the gift. And notice how crazy it is, right? They go out at midnight. Let me ask you something. Aside from being in Brooklyn, and even in Brooklyn, if you went out at midnight to get something, what's your chances of getting lamp oil at midnight? Now just imagine you're in the ancient Israel where there isn't the 7-Eleven down the block. Go out at midnight to get your oil. This is how foolish they are. They waited to the very last moment, and then there is no opportunity for recovery. And so, of course, the challenge is for us to always be ready. You know, the readings at this time of the year focus, us, focus our attention on the last things. Death, judgment, heaven, and hell. It's appropriate because when you walk outside, all the trees are dying. See the leaves falling. And maybe you start to think about the own mortality of your life. What does this all mean for me? Why is it that I'm here, and what does it mean? Death is important. Death is really important because it sums up your life. Just think about how terrible it would be if you never died. Think for a moment about how terrible it would be if you never died. That your decisions are constantly continued and continued. Death is the summation of everything that is a part of your life. And so if Christians look forward to death, because we look forward to that opportunity where we can ultimately say to God, I love you, and enter into eternity with him in that moment. Man, woman, we are not like the angels. See, the angels, the will is fixed. They've decided for God. It's not like they decide for God today and decide against God tomorrow. It's a decision for immediately for all eternity. Their will is fixed because they are not corporal beings. They're not limited by time and space as we are. For you and for me, we're continually making decisions. And death is the summation of your decisions and my decisions, which hopefully are movement towards God. And so what can we take from these readings then? Well, we heard the first reading from wisdom. And then we hear about hope in Thessalonians, what our life is going to be like. And what I would propose to you that one way in which our life can be directed towards God, where we can have hope that God wants us to be with him and spend all eternity with him, is to see things as God sees them. This is what wisdom actually is. Right? Wisdom is to see as God sees. So we judge then as God judges. So how does that happen? That happens by, by inculcating in your life a habit of trying to hear what God's word is and see from his perspective. In other words, you have to be habituated to faith. 
If you are habituated to faith, then you will become a faithful person. Put another way, if you always tell the truth, then in difficult moments, you will likely tell the truth. But if you cut corners and try to tell lies occasionally, then when faced with big conflict, you will maybe tell a lie. But if you have habituated yourself to saying, I'm always going to be a truthful person, I will tell the truth continually, repeatedly, then when faced with conflict, even though there may be trepidation, you tell the truth. This is the habits that we have to, we have to create in our life. And the way in which we do that is to form a plan of life. If you want to be successful in the Christian life, you have to have a plan. If you don't have a plan, you're not going to be successful. I mean, how crazy would it be if I said to you, get to Montauk, but I'm not going to give you any map and you don't have GPS. If I said that to you, you're not going to get there unless you know somehow the way. You have to know the way. Well, that's what happens for us as Christians. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And so I've got to plan my life as his life is. That's how I get to heaven. It's crazy to think I'm going to get there if I don't have a plan. And so for you and for me then, the challenge is to say, what is going to be the plan of my life? So when I wake up in the morning, how is it that my life is directed towards God immediately from the first beginning of the day? How is it that when I walk out the door on my way to work, my life is directed towards God at that moment intentionally? that I'm intentionally making decisions for God at each of these moments, and that I'm becoming habituated to those intentions, that when I encounter the person who is poor, my heart is immediately open to them. When I encounter my colleague at work who is difficult, I am patient with them. When I am coming home and there is great traffic, I am recognizing the many different circumstances that many people have to face also coming home, the difficult circumstances that they face coming home. And when I get home, how is it that I can treat my family? Stephen Covey, some of you probably know, he writes Habits, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, tells a story in that book of one time being on the subway. It's really quite a beautiful story. He says he's on the subway and he's coming home and there is this uh, woman there and her children are behaving very unruly. I'm sure each of us have had that experience sometime. Kids are really misbehaving. And he thinks, as I'm sure many of you and I have thought, says, why doesn't this person take care of their kid? What's the matter? Why are they letting that kid just kind of run wild? And he's getting himself more and more annoyed about it. So finally, he says something. And the woman responds, we're just coming back from the hospital. Their father died. We don't know the circumstances that uh, people face. I have a very good friend of mine who's actually a bishop, and he was preaching on one Sunday. And as he was preaching, a baby started to really get crazy, screaming, yelling. Now, for a preacher, this can be very distracting. And so we said, um, ma'am, would you mind stepping out with that baby, and you can come back when I'm finished? Of course, that woman felt immediately mortified that all this attention has been drawn to her. And they went out. Afterwards, that woman came back and said, my husband, who had been deployed in Iraq for nine years, for nine months, has just come home, and the baby was very excited to see him. 
You know how my friend felt? Very small. This is the challenge for us. We have to see the warning signs that are a part of our life. Because if we don't see these warning signs, these opportunities, whether it's the baby that's crying, whether it's a circumstance of some encountering a poor person on the street, an unruly person who's in our neighborhood, somebody who's difficult at work, these are not problems for us. These are opportunities for us to encounter Christ. And they offer us an opportunity to draw closer to him. Today in the scriptures, we hear about the ten virgins. Notice they're virgins. The scriptures are saying something to us about them, immediately about their dispositions and everything else. But that's not enough. They have to make an intentional decision for Christ. And that means it's not simply the one-off that says the sentiments are for Christ. But they've got to continually make decisions to be for Christ each and every day as a part of their life. And that way, when the Lord comes, they are prepared to go out to meet him with all the saints in glory. May God bless you. Have you been making decisions for Christ this week? This show is brought to you by DeSales Media Group. Ask us questions by tweeting at Monsignor H or by emailing podcast at desalesmedia.org. You can also inquire about taking an ad out on the show by emailing me there. Until next week, for Monsignor Karen Harrington, I'm Dave Plisky, and these are his words to live by for you and for me.